0: Good morning, Internet. Welcome to another episode of the Internet Movie Firearms Podcast, and I am your host, Dr. Pittsburgh, standing in for Dr. Gary, because we are talking zombie land today, where first names are not allowed. As always, I'm your resident movie and firearms enthusiast, but as I always say, I am not an expert, and everything I say is my opinion and my opinion alone, so go ahead and get yourselves a second one. Do I have an episode for you today? And that's right. I already said it. We're talking Zombieland 2 Double Tap. I already did the first Zombieland and I did say that I'll probably do the second one. And well, here I am doing the second Zombieland. I am hoping that this podcast is going to be a little bit on the shorter side because I already talked a whole bunch about the idea of Zombieland, the plot of Zombieland, all that stuff in the first one. The second one. We'll chit-chat about things, right? But it's not going to be as intensive as the first one. So hopefully this one I don't ramble too, too much, but no promises as always. But first thing, couple disclaimers. Let's get, let's get some stuff out of the way. Um, this is like my third time trying to do this podcast because I had some technical difficulties. So I may miss some stuff. Now, having said that, when it comes to missing some stuff, I don't have a script. I don't have notes. I do sometimes have some tabs open that you will hear me clicking around, so don't take anything I say as gospel or take it as scholarly, and don't chase me down if I get something wrong because, again, I'm just going off the top of my head here. Now, like most of my podcasts, I break it down into three acts because this is an internet movie, firearms podcast. First act, we're going to be talking about the movie, things about the movie, movie trivia about the movie, anything I find interesting about the movie. Act 2 is going to be the guns in the movie, how they use the guns in the movie, anything interesting about the guns in the movie, and Act 3, my favorite as always, what I would use if I were in the movie from the guns that they had, and if I had a magic movie, take it like Arnold Schwarzenegger in Last Action Hero, what would I bring into the movie? So, having said all that, getting everything out of the way, let's get to it. So we're talking Zombieland 2 Double Tap. So, released in 2019, 10 years after the original Zombieland, and all of your characters from the first Zombieland return. Even a cameo by Bill Murray himself during the credit scene. Um, But we do add some new characters, so let's chat about that. Um, So, the characters that return, and like I alluded to, uh, nobody uses their first names in this movie, and it's kind of a shtick where it's like, oh, you can't be too attached to anybody, you know, if you do use somebody's first name and get too close to them, well, then they're going to turn into a zombie, so it's better to be impersonal and talk about where they're from. So, Woody Harrelson plays Tallahassee, um, one of the uh, the stereotypical tough guy cowboy in the movie, right? His sidekick is Jesse Eisenberg, kind of a nerdy, neurotic, um, geeky character known as Columbus. And the cat and mouse game with the protagonist antagonist kind of things um, with another duo, which returns as Emma Stone as Wichita and her sister, Abigail Breslin as a little rock. So in the movie, it takes, again, like I said, 10 years after the first movie, they're all living in the white house together, being all friends. Because again, in the first movie, like I'm going to say a hundred times again, in the first movie, they kind of had this, we're friends. We're not friends. We're friends. We're not friends. And that moves the plot along in the sequel Kind of the same concept, really. The friends, not friends, friends, not friends. Um, And I'll get into the plot in a little bit, but they do run across some other characters in their adventures because this is kind of, again, sort of a road trip style movie as well as being a post apocalyptic action zombie comedy. Um, They run across Rosaria Dawson, who plays an actor or a character named Nevada who owns an Elvis themed motel. Zoe Deutsch plays a stereotypical dumb blonde character who always wears pink and everything's cute, um, by the name of Madison. And then there's a funny shtick where there's doppelgangers of Woody Harrelson and Jesse Eisenberg's characters, Tallahassee and Columbus loose Luke Wilson and Thomas Middleditch play Albuquerque and Flagstaff respectively. What's funny about this is, you know, Woody Harrelson's character, Tallahassee is kind of the, the macho cowboy. Same thing with Luke Wilson as Albuquerque. Jesse Eisenberg as Columbus as the kind of the neurotic geek. His doppelganger, Tom Thomas Middleditch as Flagstaff. And what's funny is they both have like a, a set of rules that they follow and everything. You have to follow the rules, right? What's funny, a little trivia about them is um, in the original script for Zombieland 1, Tallahassee and Columbus's characters were supposed to be Albuquerque and Flagstaff. They ended up getting switched during production. But when they did this the shtick with a doppelganger in the second movie, they named them albuquerque and flag stuff like they were originally supposed to be in the first movie kind of funny kind of neat um and then another character that comes in is i don't know how to say his name avan avan joga he plays berkeley who's a pacifist um who kind of is a mechanism of the plot to, to have it go along so um you know most of the characters actually all the characters return including a cameo by bill murray and they add a couple extras. So let's get into the plot here. So, like I said, our original foursome, right, the two duos, are living in the White House and life's going well, you know, and and they, um, at one point in the movie, like in the very beginning, I guess, Wichita and Little Rock decide that they're going to leave again, right? Little Rock is tried, tired of being treated like a kid, and Wichita is worried that she's getting too attached to Columbus. So they kind of leave. Well, Columbus and Tallahassee decide that, oh, we need to go track them down. And then eventually they run into Madison, who then starts having a relationship with Columbus. And they're kind of tracking down, follow, again, it's a road trip-ish comedy, tracking down the girls because they're going through Graceland with Berkeley, right? So Little Rock runs into Berkeley, which is so Confusing and reading the the plot on this just to refresh myself is also difficult because everybody's names are the town they're from and I can't keep everything track. So, basically breaking it down super fast, it's a road trip comedy where the original four kind of break up. One leaves with another one that she met, right? Fell in love with Berkeley, who's a pacifist who doesn't believe in violence, man. They're trying to go to Graceland. When they get to Graceland, they run into Nevada and they run into the Doppelgangers. And then they're trying to go on to, oh, some kind of commune from there. What is it called? I can't remember. Um, it. I, I'll be honest, it's, oh, Babylon. And whenever they get to Babylon, they're like, oh, everybody's living happy. Let's leave. Well, then there's these super zombies that are kind of arriving and are going to attack Babylon. So they have to come up with a plan to beat the super zombies. So the plot itself Jumps around a little bit. And, and again, it, this isn't going to be a very plot heavy movie because it is a comedy. Also full disclosure, it's been a couple months since I've seen the movie. Um, I didn't really feel like watching it again, uh, before I did the podcast on it just because it, it, it's a comedy, right? It's not plo- profound plot where you have to watch it to be like, I don't remember what happened in the movie. It's the usual road trip ish style comedy where adventure ensues. Um, as far as the jokes, it does make fun of itself nicely. Um, it is pretty funny. Um you know it, it, When it comes to comedies and when it comes to sequels, it's always difficult to have a have a good one. And I think this one does a good job. I don't remember what I ranked the first Zombieland as like an A I think I did an A minus or something like that. I would say this is like one grade down below it. So if this was a the first one was an A minus, this is a B plus, right? Um, I did buy this movie just because I like the genre, but I think for most people, like, definitely stream it if you want to. This is definitely a renter. Probably not buy for most people. The rewatch quality is okay, and, and I say that kind of hypocritically because I didn't really feel like watching this movie to, to do the podcast on it, but it is probably one that I'll watch every six months or something like that. If I just need a something light to put on, that's kind of funny, but maybe I'm in a zombie mood. Great movie to do it with um the acting filming obviously is good it has good actors in it. it it does what it's supposed to do for an action comedy. Um, some of the jokes are a little cliche but again I think it does it well it's funny if you like comedies I think you'll like it if you like a zombie movies you'll like it if you like action movies that don't take themselves seriously you'll like it I think this is good for all ages and you know it does kind of make fun of modern society a little bit because again, it takes place in 2019 when the first one took place in 2009 and that's the timeline that it follows. So basically a lot of the jokes that they make fun of are like, if somebody was living in 2009 and society collapsed and it's 10 years later, what would they be? They like make fun of Uber and things like that, that they're like, there's no way that would exist. So pretty funny, pretty good overall. I don't have to touch too much on it. Um, I know in the first one I talked about the rules a little bit, so I want to mention those again. There are some more rules that are added on to this one. So um, the shtick in the first one is Jesse Eisenberg's character, Columbus, is a little neurotic and has a list of rules to keep him alive. They add on to it in this movie with, um, here's a couple variations. Rule 23, Ziploc bags. 36, sunscreen. 42, keep your hands to yourself. 52, don't be afraid to ask for help. And 53, wet naps. I will say wet naps. Ingenious when it comes to camping in the apocalypse, right? Um, and then Flagstaff, the doppelganger, has his own commandments um, teamwork, confirm your kill, the world is your bathroom, avoid perishables, expect the unexpected, warm up, shade, cardiovascular fitness, and mind your manners, which are kind of like a weird reiteration of Jesse Eisenberg's. Honestly, I think they're phrased better, um, but it's just funny all the same. So I think that's pretty good for part 1. One thing I will touch on and I don't again, I had some technical difficulties. So this is like the second or third time I had to go through this. Um so I don't remember if I said this already. Forgive me if I did, but this one did have the, the sequel had a budget of 45 million and pulled in 120 and the first one had 23 million and pulled in 100 million. So Again, profitable. They did well. You know, when it comes to action comedies, they'll probably always be panned by critics, but the fans will generally like it more. Um, so, you know, it follows those same lines, I'm sure. Now, let's get into part two. Let's get into the guns of the movie. Um, realistically, not everything carries over from the first one as much as I thought it would. Um, and for this, I'm going to be mostly using the internet movie firearm database as like my checklist. I'm, I'm not really branching off too much or spending too much time on it, uh, just because this one isn't as gun heavy as the first one. Um, so let's get into act two. So the guns of the movie, I'm just going to kind of work my way down the list. Um, and, and kind of go from there. I'm not going to try to be like who used what, because realistically, the four main characters are the main characters. So if I was like, who's who, what main character used what? It, it doesn't really matter, right? So returning from the first movie, Winchester 1892, hand on your heart, everyone, John Moses Browning, Winchester 1892, but it's not the usual 1892, just like in the first movie, it's a mare's leg. So it's a, I think lever action rifle with just the pistol grip instead of a full stock, short barrel. So it's basically a, pistol lever action rifle, if that makes sense. Um, pretty cool little gun. Uh, I mentioned in the first one, um, that not terribly un, not useful at all. Right. If you can't kind of consider it being like, it is a cross between a pistol and a rifle. And it kind of falls into that form factor of like, not as good as a rifle, not as good as a pistol for those things. But Kind of, you know, gives you the some of the benefits and drawba- drawbacks of both. Um, on the internet page, it does say 4440, which I doubt as far as if it were the apocalypse and you had to have one cartridge to use, and or if you're a prop master trying to do a movie, it's probably in 45 Colt, I'm going to assume, instead of 4440. 4440 was the original centerfire black powder cartridge for these lever guns, However, in recent years, it's not popular at all. I mean, it was so popular at the turn of the century. Nowadays, it's not. Most things, if you're going to have it in like a bigger caliber, you know, it's going to be 45 Colt or if a smaller caliber, you're talking .357 or 38 Special. So, um, cool little lever gun all the same and he does carry it in a drop leg holster on, on his thigh, which is pretty neato. Um... Wichita's character, Emma Stone, uses an AR-15 variant with a grenade launcher underneath. Now, I would not have picked up on this, and thank goodness for the internet for that. It looks like her AR-15 version is a PWS Diablo. So PWS is, uh, I believe, Primary Weapon System is what it stands for. And they make piston-operated AR-15s and M4 variants. And I'll chat about that in a second. But it's fitted with a Tykes or la 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 la, Spikes Tactical Havoc grenade launcher underneath. One thing to note the grenade launcher will be a 37 millimeter grenade launcher. The military uses 40 mm so three millimeters bigger, 40 millimeter grenade launchers for all like the explosives and things like that. So, as a civilian, you can buy a 37 millimeter grenade launcher, but it doesn't launch grenades. It launches maybe tear gas. If you're law enforcement, and you can get a hold of that. But most of the time it's like flares and things like that. So it is kind of like a civilian one, but you can't tell that in the movie, you know, and it really doesn't matter. But I I have seen dudes at the gun range and by dudes, I mean one guy at the gun range have a grenade launcher and he was shooting flares out of it, which was kind of cool. But yeah, when it comes to big explosives and military grade stuff, it's 40 millimeter and civilians aren't allowed to have that unless you have special licenses and things. Um, but let's jump back to the PWS Diablo. So when it comes to piston versus gas, right, AR-15s use what's called direct gas impingement or, or a pseudo form of it, to where whenever you shoot that round, the bullet passes out of the barrel, but a little bit of gas goes in it up a hole in the barrel through a tube, pushes back towards the receiver and hits a little plunger. So that gas goes in a tube and pushes the plunger. And that plunger is what makes the, the gun cycle. With piston, that gas, when it comes up, it doesn't go down a tube. It hits that plunger rate up front, and a piston goes back and forth. So it's it's more mechanical than gas operated. Um allegedly it it keeps the guns cooler, it keeps the guns cleaner, it's a little bit heavier. Some people say it might have a little bit more recoil. So it's kind of like the AK-47 operating system thrown onto an AR-15. PW and most, I don't want to say most, the companies that do do it are realistically, their systems are proprietary. So PDWS, I believe, has a different system than like HK, who does piston-operated, who is different than POF, who does piston-operated, which is different than, oh, what was the other one? Alex? Alexander Arms, maybe? Or do they go out of business? Um I didn't look up piston-operated AR-15, so I can't remember all the, the, the... There's quite a few different companies that that do it. Um, So yeah, cool, cool gun, um, high quality AR 15 piston operated. It's more the Gucci style um, rifle. Another awesome gun that we see is the Steyr, the Steyr Aug, the A3 model. So Steyr Aug, pretty famous for being in die hard. It's an Austrian bullpup. So like I said before with, I believe the world war Z podcast talking about bullpups, the action is behind the, where the grip is. So whenever you hold the rifle up, the action is basically in the buttstock, which means that the barrel can be longer because the barrel takes up pretty much the whole firearm as opposed to being more frontward. So it's a smaller gun with a longer barrel, but it does have some issues with manual of arms. The, the Steyr Aug is an awesome, awesome bullpup. Um, the A3 has... it's it's th- What defines it as... From the other ones is... You can easily tell that it's an A3 because of the way it is, right? Um, it has a full-length Picatinny rail on top for optics. and also has an external bolt release, which you wouldn't be able to tell in the movie. But the old-school A1s had, like, a built-in scope, um, like a tube above the receiver, where this one is just a flat top, so you can throw whatever optic you want to on there. So, a little bit more modern, that's all. Still an awesome, awesome rifle. Shoots uh .556. Five, it's a military round, you know. Same as the... Uh, the AR 15, M16, M4. Uh, getting into pistols, we have a return of the Walter PPK, which is used by Little Rock. In um, the first movie, it was used by her sister, but again, james we're talking James Bond's gun. Cool little compact gun. Not a good combat gun, but for concealed carry, keep it in your pocket. Not a bad option. Um, realistically, most popular in 380, uh, which is a shorter 9mm or 32. So smaller rounds than your normal combat guns. Um, Sig Sauer P two two six makes a comeback. This one's a nickel plated one used by Wichita Emma Stone, and um, the Sig two two six, as I've mentioned before, kind of put Sig on the map for U.S. Um, shooters. It was in competition against Beretta for the the military contract in the eighties. It lost to Beretta allegedly by budget reasons. But it was picked up for some special forces, and I think, I forget what they called it, the Mark, I can't remember what the U.S. Navy's SEALS version was, Mark something. Um, but great combat handgun, single action, double action, quote unquote, higher capacity 9mm, great combat handgun. Um, hand on your heart everyone again, John Moses Browning, Occult Colt 1911 Series 80. This one's all engraved, um, nickel plated with pearl grips. Allegedly, it's used by Robert De Niro's... D- the same pistol in the movie is used by De Niro's character in Machete. Um, I can't confirm nor deny that, but it is a super fancy 1911. Um, the one thing that separates the Series 80 from like other cult-style 1911s was it had a firing pin block. Um, and that's kind of made it more modern. Allegedly, the Series 70 which the series 80 right replaced had a better trigger because it didn't have a firing pin block um, with like internal stuff. I don't know how true that is. Um, I did build a 1911 um, off the series 70 platform just because it was less parts than the series 80. And that's why I went with it. Um, when it comes to triggers and all that stuff, it, I think it's going to depend on the brand as opposed to what is it series 80? Is it series 70? Yada, yada, yada. So all the same, 1911 your 45 ACP single action only auto loader, designed in 1911 by John Moses Browning, served in the U.S. military for a long time until the 80s when it was replaced by the Beretta 92. And speaking of the Beretta 92, we do have the Beretta 92 FS, one of my favorites, but it's used by Woody Harrelson's character Tallahassee. Um, he dual wields it. He has um, two Beretta 92s in his hand when they have there's an RV shootout scene and What's funny is they kind of, in the movie, they talk about roll two is double tap. This one, he has since he has two guns, it's quadruple tap. Uh, for all you math geniuses out there, that's two times two is quadruple tap. Um, and you can tell that it's a Beretta because it does have the slide-mounted safeties. Where I've chatted about Beretta versus Taurus, used in movies kind of interchangeably, you can tell the difference because the Beretta has slide-mounted, Taurus has frame-mounted safeties, they have some gratuitous shots of these going off in slow motion, and you can clearly see the um, slide-mounted safeties on these Berettas. So pretty, pretty awesome guns. Huge fan of the Berettas. Another handgun that you see, we're getting to revolvers now, Colt Single Action Army, old-school Colt Peacemaker, probably in 45 Colt because I assume it's a more modern-style one, so you're looking at 45 Colt or 357 Magnum. Used by Rosaria Dawson's character, Nevada. Um, her sidearm, pretty cool addition. Not the best for a modern, um, you know, combat role, but all the same. They are classy, classy guns. Another revolver in it is the Ruger Super Red Hawk Alaskan. So we're talking stainless steel large frame revolver with a snub nose. This one says 44 mag. You can't tell what it is in the movie. Um, I have shot both the 44 Mag and the 450, 454 Casol Ruger Redhawk Alaskans up here in Alaska. It's where I live. Spoiler alert for everybody who wants to know where I live. They, the snub noses had so much more boom. It's like cutting the exhaust off your, uh, the muffler off your car, right? Whenever you cut a barrel short. So these snub nose big boy revolvers are putting out a lot of power with a short barrel. And they are a monster to handle so I find it funny that the neurotic and nerdy geeky Columbus character uses a massive bear revolver but you know all the same it's in there uh the only other movie I can remember the Ruger Red Hawk Alaskan in is um Faster with Dwayne Johnson where he uses it with you know you have a beast of a man Dwayne Johnson can shoot it one-handed um I don't think Columbus Ohio Jesse Eisenberg's character can do it one-handed the same way The Rock can so It is what it is. Um, Another cool addition is Nevada, Rosario Dawson's character, uses a Draco pistol. So it's an AK-47 pistol, realistically. So shorter barrel than the rifle with no buttstock. Um, In the movie, she uses like a 10 or a 15 round mag in it, which makes a lot more sense if you think about it. If you're going to be having a small little tiny package like that, if you have that big Um, air quotes here, banana clip sticking out the bottom. You kind of ruin the whole point of having a compact version of, you might as well just have a full size rifle. So she does have a small little mag in it, which, you know, 15 rounds of seven, six-two by 39 ammo still packs a nice punch. Not a bad little handy compact platform to have. Um, another awesome addition, H and K MP5K. So Little Rock's character uses it. And I think they melt it down when she gets to the like peace loving with Berkeley, the pacifist, they go to Babylon, man, peace and love. No guns allowed. Let's melt them down. And they melt down an MP5, which makes me cry. Um, so the MP5 K is the shortened version of the MP5 and it's been in a ton of movies, roller delayed, blowback, submachine gun been around forever. SWAT teams have used it forever. You know, in 9 millimeter, great submachine gun. If you're in the zombie apocalypse, really can't go wrong with it. Um, as far as shotguns, Jesse Eisenberg gets rid of his double barrel gun from the first movie and upgrades to a Mossberg 500. Like I've said before, when it comes to shotguns in movies, there's a good chance that it's either a Mossberg 500 or a Remington 870. And actually, in a lot of the movies we've talked about, there's a lot of Ithacas in there too. But realistically, the big boys... I should say the most popular because there are better, but the most popular shotguns are going to be the Mossberg 500 or the Remington 870. So Jesse Eisenberg does have a shotgun, but now it's a pump gun. Another awesome shotgun is, um, Flagstaff, the doppelganger, his character uses a Caltech KSG, which is a bullpup shotgun. So I was talking about bullpup where it's like the action is in the butt stock. So you can have like a longer barrel in a shorter overall package It's kind of built backwards, right? It's built back to front instead of front to back. The KSG shotgun uses two shotgun tubes, so it can hold like 15 rounds, and it's a pump gun. It's made by Caltech, which Caltech sometimes has questionable quality control, but they always have neat, weird, zany designs. So it's a neat gun. It's also used in John Wick as well. Um, That's the only movie I can think of that it's used in off the top of my head. But yeah, it's a pump gun with... Basically two magazine tubes that can hold a lot of rounds in a small package. Pretty cool addition. I wouldn't mind using one in the zombie apocalypse as long as you know that yours ran well, right? You'd have to do some testing first because it is a Celtic, I'm using air quotes again, experimental style shotgun, Um, but cool all the same. And shout out to the General Electric minigun that's uh, on top of the quote unquote beast the presidential Cadillac that became, when they're when the group is living in the White House, becomes Woody Harrelson's character's uh, daily driver. So the minigun, you know, the old school Gatling gun where you hand crank, same thing, but it's powered by an electric motor. And I find it funny that it was designed by General Electric, who, you know, they do washing machines, uh, train engines, and uh, machine guns. So why not? So overall, decent selection of of guns in the movie. Um, I, like I said, I don't think it's as gun heavy as the, the first movie. There's a couple scene, like a montage in the beginning where they're killing zombies. And then there's a shootout scene on an RV. And then there's a couple other times where they use guns, but in the, spoiler alert in the end of the movie, they actually don't use guns to destroy, um, the super zombies that are, that are kind of coming. So great, adi- great guns, the gun plays very action movie, comedy movie style, you know, everyone's shooting either from the hip or, you know, not aiming from down the sights, dual wielding guns. It's, it's stylized, um, but cool guns all the same. Now let's get into act three to keep me from ranting here. And again, this goes back to what guns would I use and what is the best zombie gun, which is hard to answer. So of the guns that they have, and, and going back to zombie lore, these are the zombies that you need headshots on to put them down, and the super zombies, you, you have to shoot a little bit more than the regular zombies, um, you know, you're going to want capacity, you're going to want reliability, and you're going to want power. You know, you want all the things. So of the guns that they have in the movie, um, I'm going to pick a bullpup, which could be an issue because I've never run a bullpup at any length other than just playing around with them. So when it comes to the manual of arms, I will need to practice, but I'm going to go with that styre Aug A3 just because I haven't picked it in a movie yet. And I think the styre Aug is probably one of the best bullpups out there um, in my unprofessional opinion. So if I had to pick an, a rifle from the ones they had, give me the styre. When it comes to handguns, oh We got the Sig P226. We got the Beretta, which I always pick. We got the two revolvers, and in 1911, oh man, it's not giving me a lot of options here. Since I always pick the Beretta, I'm not gonna pick the Beretta this time. I'm gonna pick the Sig P226, just to change it up. And it's single action, double action. You know, the manual of arms is very similar to the Beretta. It's very similar to all the gun. I'm used to that style. Um, the decocker is a little bit different than most other guns, but honestly, I like where the decocker is. It's kind of in th- in front of your um, thumb, and it would be nice to have a gun without a... There's no manual safety on some of these. So, yeah, give me the Sig P226 and the Steyr. So, you know, keeping it classy with uh, the Sig and the Steyr, you know? Now, if I had to pick any gun to bring into this action comedy what would it be? And again, we're talking zombies. What's the best zombie gun? Oh. I don't know. I don't know. I think I'm I think I'm gonna change it up a little bit from what I normally do. And normally I would say the easy answers are the AR and the AK. Um I think I'm gonna go with a shotgun. With the caveat of being magazine-fed and reliable platform, which I don't know what would be the most reliable magazine-fed. Probably, again, we're going to Sega. So an ak pattern shotgun. And the reason I'm saying that is because of these new Super Zombies. I want something that's going to have a massive amount of punch. And I want something that I can reload relatively quickly while still being reliable. So, you know, a properly tuned Sega with plenty of mags, plenty of ammo, um, I-, I think might be the best for this movie now, when we're talking about, like, fighting hordes of zombies, no matter what gun I have, unless I have the the Beast, right, presidential limousine Cadillac with a minigun, I'm going to get wiped out anyway. So, I, give me that Sega, you know, vepper, you know, AK-patterned, quality AK-patterned shotgun, magazine-fed, with my sidearm being kind of to make up for... I need something with a very, very high capacity that I can do headshots with to make up for the shotgun, right? So kind of like that uh, you know if I if I don't have a because the shotgun you, you might be able to hold 5 or 10 rounds per mag. So I have to make up for that with capacity while still being powerful enough. Um I need something that can get good headshots with that's accurate. I think I picked the Walther PPQ, but I didn't pick the long version. So when it comes to modern combat handguns, there's plenty of good ones out there. Um, but if you get a good, let's say a Walther PPQ, like long slide a nine millimeter with like, I don't know, does Walther, can you get stick mags for a Walther? I'd want something like with like a 20 round, like competition, like style, like 21, 22 round mags. That way I can get good headshots because the trigger on those Walthers is so slick that you can, and they're accurate, they're reliable. You know, normally I'm, when it comes to combat roles the Walther mid-trigger may be too light, but since we're doing headshots, give me the Walther. So for this one, kind of boring answers, AK shotgun with a Walther 9mm handgun on the side. And oh, just to throw it in there, if I had to get crazy with it, give me a piston-operated 5.56, just like um, it was a little no Wichita had in the movie, so can't go wrong with the old AR if you have to. But it is the boring answer, so I like to try to change it up a little bit and, and pick some weird stuff there. So again, we're talking Zombie Land 2, double tap. Fun movie overall, decent funny sequel, not as probably as good as the first, but it's really hard to to match a sequel, especially with a comedy, so great movie, definitely stream it, rent it, you don't necessarily have to buy it, even though I did. When it comes to the guns in the movie, pretty good selection, if I were to pick any from the movie, it'd be the Steyr Aug and the Sig 226, can't go wrong with either of those, and if I had to bring any in, give me a semi-auto mag fed shotgun with a Walther PPQ, with long slide competition style, right? That way I can start getting headshots at far away with a lot of capacity and maybe just throw in a piston operated like that PWS uh, piston operated short-barreled AR-15 just for the boring answer. As always, this is Dr. Gary, or shall I say Dr. Pittsburgh, signing off. And here on the internet, we're practicing our First Amendment to practice our Second Amendment. Hope you all have a good night. Adios.